Hello, Maxine Tima, a convicted Kimraig, Ryan and Rob. Hi, Maxine here, Ryan and Rob's Welsh translator. The Hing Grando are Podlidiad Newith, Fearless in Devotion. You're listening to Fearless in Devotion, a new podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions. Raise your voices to the anthem. Marching by a mighty army, Wrexham is the name. Maxine, thank you very much, Maxine. Welcome uh, back to Fearless in Devotion, the first ever emergency podcast of Fearless in Devotion. I've dashed back from the beach. Uh, we've all dashed back from our respective business to to record this um, because uh, I'll read out the uh, statement uh, that was done by the club just an hour or two ago. Following the disappointment of falling just short of the National League playoffs, the board have acted quickly to address the managerial position at the club. Manager Dean Keats, whose contract expired at the end of the season, has been informed that he will not be retained along with his assistant manager, Andy Davis, and first-team coach, Carl Darlington. Immediate thoughts, Tim? Um. Yeah, it's 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 sad, but I think a parting of the ways was inevitable for a while, really. Um, you know, the the large proportion of fans you speak to all kind of felt he's been on borrowed time for a while. Um, and I think the only way he was going to ever get an offer of an extended contract was if he managed to pull it out of the bag and, and got us up uh, and in some style. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it that we, 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 we hit a good run of form at the right time. Some of the performances were were better, miles better than what it was at the start of the season. But ultimately, he's come up short. And yeah, that's just the way the cookie crumbles in his management game. So I'd I, I like to see him stay in the game. No doubt he'll pop up somewhere else. Um, but yeah, onwards and upwards and Aviva the revolution. So again, I'm not surprised. I'm probably a little bit more sad than I was three months ago. Three months ago, when they came in, I thought, well, if you're going to make a change, let's do it now. They didn't. They waited. They've waited to the end of the season. We haven't got to the playoffs. They, they, they pulled the trigger now. I think it's quite interesting in the statement, there's nothing from Dean. I don't know if there's much we read into that. When a manager goes, do they do they normally say something on the official club website or does it normally come out from the League oh, of yeah, Association? Hmm. Um, the other thing I'm thinking is, Fleur isn't in in a she isn't in situ yet. She doesn't actually take over till Tuesday. So, and is this a, a decision she was completely on board with? I, I would probably say yes. I can't say that you would not offer a manager a deal without the CEO. But do, do we read into something from the fact that you know it wasn't it wasn't worded from her? It, she's not in in place, or am I reading too much into it? Well, someone's going to have to have made the decision, aren't they? Um, presumably. Yeah. And what it says, it says the board. Do we know who exactly is the board at the moment? Hmm. Um, no. I, I, no, I, I don't know who the board is. <laughs> I mean, I know the WST, all the fans were going to get a place on it. I would say Ryan and Rob are on it. It's going to be right. It's going to be, yeah. Ryan, Rob, and Humphrey, the three directors, aren't they? So obviously mm. it's going to be those three. Plus, and I suppose the elephant in the room is a lot of the talk over the last couple of days has been uh, is Harvey. Sean Harvey and what is his role? Yeah, and I think that is still, I think that is still to be ascertained. Um, what I would say is, 
you brought in Fleur Robinson to be your CEO. So if she is your CEO, she should be making all the big decisions when it comes to the manager, when it comes to the players, when it comes to, to deals, when it comes to like commercial partnerships. She should be the person who will run all that. Um, what I would expect to happen is now when she takes over on Tuesday, Sean Harvey will will either leave the club or uh, announce announce that he has a role, a consultancy role with the club. Um, but if it's the latter, then I would still expect Fleur to be in charge. Otherwise, what's the point of her coming from from Burton, where she's got a 24-year association, to Wrexham to be a right-hand woman of Sean Harvey? And I'm sure that would, if that was to be the case, it would, it would open up a, a sort of, it would open up a, it would open up probably a dialogue about what his role is in the club. Well, Tim, you've got your nose to the ground on this. I know this, you're probably limited in what you can say. What, what, what can you say about what you know about Sean Harvey and Wrexham at the moment? Um, not a great de- deal, to be honest, because he's kind of he came in, didn't he, as a as a kind of an advisory capacity alongside um, Peter Moore. Um, and then you know, whether we were guilty of taking our eye off the ball, I don't know. We've been so concentrating on things that are going on the pitch. We've kind of forgotten what's been going off it, really. We've sort of been caught up in this whirlwind romance with Rob and Ryan. And then we've not really thought too much about Harvey, but if you look at his track records, not great. You'll struggle to find anybody to say a good word about him. It doesn't necessarily make, mean to say he's not half decent. He must have done something to to have overseen the EFL for about five or six years and had posts at Leeds and Bradford. However, um, yeah, he's he's there by all accounts. He's there, but what decisions is he making? And what remit does he have? What what role does he have? Is he a go between Fleur and Robin Ryan? Who answers to who? We just we just need to need to be clear on that, and hopefully you know, that that will clarify in, in in the days to come. But the the, the short to the short answer to your question is, I'm I'm as blind to it as everybody else. That there's not a great a great lot of dialogue coming from from that neck of the neck of the woods, apart from people that have been at the club there, whether it's the announcers or whatever, would suggest there is a lack of communication going on from the board. Um, whether it's in a state of flux or not. Um, and that's not really filtering down to the people on the ground, which, in fact, if that's true, that's that's kind of like a backward step already. Well, I think there's lots to discuss on that over the next few weeks. Let's let's take it back a step for now, because I think we could see the writing on the wall after that post-match interview yesterday, couldn't we? It was clear that Keats was... He was up giving a parting shot, wasn't he, really? I mean, that to me, sounded like uh, an interview of a guy who already knew he wasn't going to get a new deal, already knew that he was on his way out and so wanted to shine a light on a few things that he probably couldn't have said before, one of them being that the players weren't, haven't been given new deals. Now, that works two ways. You don't know where you're going to be. Are you going to be a League Two club? Are you going to be a, a conference club? But the other thing I think we would all say that there's, there's a core of five or six players there whose contracts are up that we all think would be great in the conference and would still work in, in League Two. So why aren't you getting these people sorted out? I'm looking at the likes of Pearson, who I think, you know, is, uh, as a captain has been fantastic. Uh, I think Leighton's contract's up, up for renewal as well. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. That's another person that you you would want to get under. There's a spine of a side that you can, Luke Young being another one, a spine of a side that you really would want to nail down. So it is quite surprising that overtures haven't been made to these sort of players. But saying that, a couple of months ago when they announced the, the bonuses, they said, look, we're announcing this bonus scheme because we are not going to negotiate problems, uh, negotiate contracts to the end of the season. So, you know, they have laid it out. Yeah, they, they'd laid out, hadn't they? they? They'd said, this is what's happening. So I suppose the argument to what Keith said yesterday is, you knew this was the score, basically. But does it raise questions, Liam, do you think, in terms of how the club's being run at the moment? Not necessarily having a pop at it, but has it kind of, you know, have things been allowed to drift a little bit when no one's really been in charge necessarily that much over the next of the last month or two? Um, I mean, if there's a if there's a power vacuum at any sort of major organisation, it's going to cause a problem. You know, you've got a manager there looking to know what's going on and players and such like. But uh, like Andy mentioned, though, when the carrot of the bonuses was put in place, there was also with it the stick, which was essentially we're not talking about contracts until we see where you're going to finish this season. Because I don't think we're in a great situation uh, in terms of our league position when they came in. And it was essentially, right, well, it's up to you now. You need to get the football club where it needs to be. And in terms of things like contracts, I think the position was made pretty damn clear right from the off. Because the argument is, is that people are, and Keith is making that point, and other people perhaps on Twitter are, are bringing up um, this issue uh, about lack of contracts and and that kind of thing as, as a pop at the new owners. Is that something that you think is happening? Yeah, definitely. I've seen quite a... I just think it's quite a disingenuous argument, really, because the thing that's coming up quite frequently is this thing that supposedly we had players like um, Brad Walker and Andy Cook lined up in January. Um, and it's like, well, that's all very well if it was the case, but the, you know, the takeover wasn't completed at that stage so how you can authorize someone to to you know make signings which i'm guessing would have been two years plus deals can you really authorize that sort of deal in that position i don't think so whatsoever andy you've been asking people for their opinions on what's happened what's the kind of feedback you've been getting yeah there's it's quite a, a, a broad cross-section um so thomas win lewis tommy Kaus. I think it was a person, didn't you say a couple of weeks ago, Reese? you never want him on this podcast? <laughs> I never said such a thing. <laughs> well, anyway, he's on the podcast. And he is a fan of Keats as a player. We're, we're, we're a shit podcast anyway, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fan of Keats as a player, but his style of playing, tactical prowess, fell a long way short of what was required. I don't think he did a bad job overall, but letting him go was the best decision in order for us to move forward. And I'm glad the board have moved quickly. Now, I agree with, with Tommy. I'm glad they've moved quickly because, yeah. you know, we're in a position now where the league, for us, the season is over. We can actually yeah. probably steal a march on some of the playoff mm. contenders by getting our ducks in a row, by offering, you know, offering the contracts we want to, by chasing the players we want to and getting the manning we want to. So, mm. yeah, I definitely agree with him there. Yeah, There's a couple too. more. Uh, Adam Griffiths has said 100% the right decision, but it's sad to see such negativity about him. Being a great servant for the club, footy side particularly. So that demands respect. Massive appointment coming up now. And I think we'll get into who we think might might be 
the next person. And this is from Barton Bank, and I think this is ever is quite well thought out. So he says, budget lower than 15 other clubs. That's down to the WST. Not offering deals to players you would want in League Two or the National League. That's down to Harvey. Fifth highest scorers without a 15-goal striker. Joint six-rated defence with two wings backs who can't really defend. All that done on a bad budget. That's down to Dean. We're a misplaced pass to Pearson in added time away from the playoffs. So and away from a home draw in the playoffs because yeah, something to think about. That's the fine margins, isn't it? That's the fine margins. You win that game, you go yeah. fifth. Everyone is patting Dean Keats and his management team on the back, saying, "Well done, you've triumphed in the face of adversity." You know they didn't even they didn't even lose that game. I mean, you know, if you want to talk briefly about the game, it went exactly how I expected it to. I thought it would be cagey. I thought Dagenham would be good. They were very good. I don't think we were in it for large swathes of it, but we we battled through. And I think Keats probably thought, well, you know, I got the battering ram of gold. I'll use him for 60 minutes. And when they're tired and when the game is getting a bit more stretched, I'll put Angus on. He's got pace. I've got Jarvis on. He'll open up spaces and we'll go for it. We'll go for the win. Obviously, that didn't happen because of Rutherford. I think it's hard to really criticise Rutherford over his time with Wrexham. I mean, he's not been everyone's favourite player, but no, there's a lad. There's no, a lad who works hard. Criticise him. He came on. He made a most ridiculous tackle, and he should be rightly criticised for that. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. He should be criticised for the tackle. I, I would, I would imagine what happened on the sideline is you've got Paul Rutherford next to Dean Keats. He's saying to Dean, "Get me on, get me on. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. I want to try." And Dean's there. You go ahead, mate. And he's gone he, on there, yeah. and he's gone in two footed, and all he was too eager. You could say yeah, it, it had it had yeah. too eager written all over it, didn't it? Definitely, definitely did. Paul Rutherford is that sort of player, though. He is eagerness personified. He will want to go on and do the best, whatever he can, with probably limited ability. And I think this will probably be his last act as a Wrexham player. And it's very sad that a very good servant to us Hmm. has left in this way. And I don't think there's been too much vitriol towards him. And I think that's probably the right way. Going back to some of those reactions um, that you read out, Andy, you know, I, I think I'd agree with them. I, I think, unfortunately, online and on the forum sometimes, it seems like you can only hold one opinion or the other. It is possible to believe two different things, which is that Keats actually didn't do a bad job with the budget and what he had at his disposal this season. Yes, the football, the style has left a lot to be desired and that's been, you know, mentioned quite a lot. But in terms of you know, nearly missing out on the playoffs with that squad, I would even, you know, no disrespect to the players, I would argue that Keats has maybe even overachieved with that squad. It's not a very good squad, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, yesterday on Twitter, I was called a cheerleader for Keats. Um, <laughs> That's but, true. No, yeah. just just because I got a, <laughs> just because I've got a Dean Keats uh, themed set of pom poms does not mean that I'm a cheerleader. No, um, is that a Dean Keats tattoo on your uh, on your <laughs> arm there? Uh? Oh God, no! This is why I should wear long sleeves at all the time. Um, says, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you know, I I think that being said, you can still say, look. <laughs> that, was, that was a genuine look. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's probably not the right person to take us forward. And I would think that's probably where I stand. In that, I'm, I'm grateful for what he's done, and I, 
I feel bad for him in the in the abuse that he's got. But you know, in terms of taking us forward now, he's probably not the right man. Is that kind of where other people are? Yeah, I think, I think so. It's just it's just the fact for me. Yesterday was probably you would argue one of the biggest games of his managerial career to date. And I could see, I think we've said this before, I could see the, the thinking in some of the decision-making, but he put a right-back at centre midfield, sort of holding midfield role in one of the most important games of the season. A player who hasn't played really many games at all in Horsfield. I just think it's decisions like that. And, you know, it is, it is with a bit of hindsight, but he's paid to make those big decisions. And I think he's got a few too many wrong on that front. Yeah. Um, Tim, you asked people on Twitter, what did you ask them and, and what response have you got? Uh, I just said some of your thoughts to the departure of Dean Keats in five words. Um, so, yeah, I got a few. Well, I got a fair few. So, uh, Matty Weber, unfortunately, not good enough. Farewell. Uh, Bryn, he knew it was coming. Chris Bradshaw, thank God that's over with. Uh, Roy Cuffin, he's off to Solihull Moors. Well, maybe that's inside knowledge. Uh, Coleman had a dream, the right thing to do. Um, John Mills, honesty, wrong place, wrong time. Um, good had to be done, said Matt. Um, Drew, Casey Stone on her way, question mark. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Adam Williams, good riddance to negative football. Simon Cook, great player, but average manager, et cetera, et cetera. Um, tried your best, fell short, said Steve. So, yeah, um, I think ultimately... Most people are kind of of the opinion that he hasn't really been too harshly done by would be the general consensus. And people are just saying, yeah, respect, great player for us, decent, great servant. However, it's not really panned out on the, on the managerial side of things. I suppose the same could be said of uh, Brian Hughes, really. So, you know, um, maybe we won't go down the player route this time or ex-player route. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll know this time. Well, yeah. Two things there. One, Bryn had two more words to play with. He 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 could he could have gone wild on that. Secondly, who do we think is going to be next up? Reese. Oh. oh, don't ask me. Mickey Mellon, get him in. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he, what's he, the story with him now? Is he left Dundee? Yeah, he's left. Yeah, yeah. So I put out another tweet saying who is the next Wrexham manager. <laughs> yeah. I whacked up Nigel Clough, Mickey Mellon, Chris Coleman, and some guy called Keen Dietz, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> um, somebody said Mellon can't see it happening. And Paul Smith, who I think was a board member, said don't think it will be any on that list. So maybe there's some inside knowledge there. Um, somebody said Andy Morrison. I was all for Andy Morrison before Dean Keats, so I'd be all over that one, to be honest. I think he's even just, now, Tim, even now yeah, there's a yeah, bigger budget. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he's he's got something about him. Um, but, you know, that's just a hunch. Uh, somebody said, oh, well, somebody, who's that? Liam, Martin Foyle, Craig Harrison and Gra- Gary Brabin. No, thanks. <laughs> They're um, all camping in the car park. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a lot, there's a groundswell of opinion for Darren Ferguson, but I put something up. Oh, there's no chance he's coming. No, exactly, and he got he got a piece of promoted. And his words were, um, he's he's not he's he's not managed longer as, as long in the championship as he as he would have wanted to. So so that's his little little world is championship upwards. Really, John Coleman's been mentioned. Um, love him, I would love him. That's the Coleman uh, I want. Derek Adams potentially is it Morecambe? If they don't go up, yeah, 
Mm. Um, Would he come down? I suppose he might do. Yeah. I Le- mean, Morecambe, is- Morecambe v Wrexham, that's a no-brainer. If Morecambe don't yeah. go up, yeah. you, you, you're working on crowds of 1,800 and a really limited budget trying to pick mm. off the best from Liverpool and Everton's you know, academy sides. Yeah. No, Wrexham's, Wrexham's a huge yeah, fair. a huge club compared to Morecambe. Well, well here's the question. Have... Do they have someone in mind, do you think? Have they been tapping someone up? I would say yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. To make that decision so quickly, to all the rumblings, all the rumours you've heard about, well, Keita's gone. Um, you know, I've heard that for the last couple of weeks. I've heard it off multiple sources. Keita's gone if they didn't go up. So if they're going to do that, I was, I, like Liam, I was surprised how quickly it happened. But it happened less than 24 hours after they... After they bombed out, they've got something in mind. They've got Fleur coming in on Tuesday. They've got a manager lined up already. It might be someone left field. It could be Mellon if he's left. If he's left Dundee, my mate Marcus said, "Give it to Giggs to the end of the season." Oh wait! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just, I think they've definitely got someone lined up. Otherwise, they wouldn't move that quickly. And everything that they've done since they've actually taken ownership is very been very precise. And I think this is this has to be fair. Yeah. Just uh, just one more from from that um, reaction to the manager thing. Um, At Wababa, wherever that is, he put the club will be after a modern manager who can build a club from the ground up and won't be out of their depth in League One Championship. It'll probably be somebody who's currently recently been in the assistant manager position at a Championship club. Jason Tyndall? Question mark. Richie Barker? Question mark. So yeah, maybe. Now I absolutely agree with that. I'd like to see the club, you know, say. We've got a manager here with a vision. We want him here for five years. Back him, you know. And as in, like, we might not get promoted next season, but we're gonna we're gonna build things up the right way. Because you know, I think one of the hardest jobs new owners have got is going to be managing expectations. Because oh yeah, it's been said a million times over, hasn't it? But the and it's a cliche now, but it is true. The hardest step on our journey to let's say let's just say League One is by far getting out of this division. Once we've got to League Two, I've no issue, I've no doubt that with the the budget and and the attendances we'll be getting, that we'll be pushing the top seven regularly. Mm. But this this division's the hardest to get out of, so it would be nice to see them pick someone with a vision, maybe a style of football they want to play, and say we're we're back in this guy for a few seasons. Two words, Anthony Barry. The reason I don't want Anthony Barry is don't trust <laughs> people with two first names. <laughs> Hector Sam. Oh, don't get me even started on that because the first name is a surname in my in my uh, in my eyes. John Terry, <laughs> don't trust him. Gareth Barry, don't trust him. Gareth Barry, what's he up to these days? You reckon he can manage? I reckon he can bloody play, mate. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Liam, who, who are your thoughts? Who would you like to have? Yeah, taxi for Barry. Um, I think. <laughs> Tramia Fan, I know, was speaking to him. He thinks they're in negotiations with Mellon. Um, but if there's any way, I don't know where we're, we're shopping at, but if there's any way we could try and pip them to the post, I think it's highly unlikely given his past associations, but he would do the job. I've got no doubt whatsoever that if we could get him, he would do the job. But it's just a case of, I, I do think we're in an unknown as to where we are shopping in terms of a manager there's been some really out there suggestions as if um you know, people you know, from, yeah yeah exactly are gonna are gonna come to Wrexham which I just think that's 
pie in the sky, isn't it? But if you could, if you can afford a manager like Mellon and maybe try and pip Tranmere, then then great. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I would love to see it happen. Do Mellons have pips? <laughs> I think as well. You could, you could, you know, it could be a bit like what Notts County have done, the owners there, you know, they've obviously they took quite a bold decision to do it mid season, but they obviously had a vision and they said, we like this man, the look of this manager. So we're going to get him in and back him. We want him to play that style of football. That's the kind of thing we think this owner, these owners are going to go for, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, right. Yeah. Melon, if you want someone to just get you up. Yeah. And you know, if that's a short term thing that you give him a two year deal saying, right, here you are, there's a hundred grand bonus in it for you, get us up. I don't know if Mickey Mellon really is the five-year plan manager. Mm. Right, so we may have a new manager by when? End of the week? What do we think? I think it'll be sooner. I think it'll be in the next couple of days. Really? Mm. Right, maybe emergency pod number two coming up then. Any parting thoughts, Tim, on the season? Then uh, you know, and try and sum it up for us in a in a in a pithy few sentences. Jesus Christ, no pressure. <laughs> um, I just remember like the early early stages of it. It was just also slapdash and messy, and the disastrous defeat we had at Wheelstone, which was my tipping point. I just thought it was it was just awful. And then he's he's kind of. You know, he's got the players to bed in and, and start playing together and we, we've had a decent run of it of late. But on the, over the course of the season, the table doesn't lie. You know, we finished outside the top seven. All right, we can we can keep on going on about the budget. That's fine. I'd love to know what Sutton's budget was and a few of the others. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> we, we, we were there or thereabouts. You've got to be in it to win it. And we just fell narrowly short. Um, yeah. <sighs> I don't think anybody would have anybody who's who's genuinely thought we were good enough to win the playoffs. I think you'd be even the most optimistic Wrexham fan would be not a chance having to put on a serious game face for that one. So, but you never know. Well, you do know now because Wrexham in high pressure situations don't mix as as we saw at Dagenham. So, yeah, changes are afoot. Big changes often on the pitch. I just hope that whoever comes in has the sense of mind to go, right, we need to keep these players. Going back to what Andy said, suddenly oh, comes in great. And said, suddenly comes in and kicks Sean Pearson out the door and says, thanks, Sean, take care. And he ends up at Grimsby and, and we don't take any points off him next season. You just know it's going to happen. But you like to think that they will keep him on because, let's face it, since he, since he overcame that injury and he came back, we've just been defensively sound, pretty, pretty decent. So keep him, keep the nucleus, um, yeah, there's the spine of a good side there, isn't there? Definitely, definitely. There's nine players I would keep straight off the bat. And if you add those nine players with a couple of squad players and then three or four good quality additions, so, you know, you're looking at a, a playmaker, who, you know, a, a playmaker and a midfield general, so two midfielders there and a goal scorer. So there's three there's three there's three players there who can make make the difference from the nucleus of our squad and they will cost a lot of money to get because if you want a playmaker plus a general plus a plus a goal scorer you know 
that's a huge amount of your budget going towards those three players, but they will make the difference. And then I think what will happen is if one of those goes off the boil or if they get injured, there must be contingency there to bring someone else in in January. Like every other playoff chasing side has been able to, we've not been able to for a, for a myriad of reasons, but it's cost us. It's cost, well, As soon as Thomas got injured, it's cost us. Yeah. I was just going to mention Thomas then because... Um... You know, do you mm. do you keep Thomas? Or Definitely. Is there is there is there? It's not going to be fit for most of the season. Is there an element? Is there an element of sympathy given what he's done? Do you reward that, or is it a case of well, we've got to be cutthroat and he and he's let go? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, we will do another pod in future to to sort of pick through the bones of the retained list, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and see whether we agree or whether we we disagree on it. Um, but yeah, Thomas. I mean, the, the ruthless business decision is to let him get go, rid of it. isn't it? But yeah. I say, I, I, you know, I, I'd be inclined to agree that he, he didn't have to work hard enough to prove that he should stay. And you know, you might even say to him, "Look, don't worry too much about this season." But if that's the thing, you have to give him a two-year deal, then, don't you? Really? Yeah, and I, I, and I do it, mm. and I do it for two reasons. One, I think he's shown enough potential that if he's put in a put in a a squad where he's central to it and also he's shown the love, which I don't think he probably's had at the likes of Doncaster. You know, mm. like the fans liked him. He was a cult hero in the making. And yeah. second, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Don't bloody release someone who's got a who's got a cruciate or whatever he's got. Achilles, isn't it? Yeah, Achilles. Yeah. I mean that's just a horrible thing to do. And it's not yeah. it's not the sort of thing that we want to represent of what Wrexham are. Remember when when Wayne Phillips <clears throat> did his uh, did his knee I think it was against Scunthorpe in the 2001-2002 season, or you know, one of those. Um, Mark Gutterman, for all his faults, gave him a, a, a two-year deal straight away to show, no, no, look, you're part of the family. If Gutterman can do that, Ryan and Rob can do that. Yeah. There you go, sports fans. You've heard the exclusive. Absolute gutter press tabloid journalist Andy Gilpin says, <laughs> it's the right thing to do. I'm sure, I'm sure Piers Morgan said exactly the same thing when he was hacking all the phones, but there we are. <laughs> Whoa, where's this come from? <laughs> the thing is, I've already tapped Kwame Thomas's phone and I know he's going to... <laughs> 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 right. Well, on that bombshell... Um, Plenty more discussed over the next few weeks. Um, if you if you want to listen to part two of the Spencer Harris interview, obviously we're going to push that back into the next podcast. Uh, apologies for that, to leave you on another cliffhanger. Although judging by some of the comments, half of you will not be listening past 10 minutes anyway. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the listening figures don't lie, though. Most listen to podcast in the making. So. And he does, he does, he does um, the... the, the, the... The question about the ping pong under the lights is fielded, so you need to tune in to see what the answer is. Does he bat it away? Oh, you can't repeat a pun, Andrew. Um, (laughs) He does a show, doesn't he, where he fires them from some (laughs) wow, from Coy Poif down the hill. That's it for the Prediction League. What's the what's the final table? Well, it's great news for me, which I know the fans are happy about because I got it bang on. So five points for me. I This game, as I said earlier, went exactly how I expected it. KG, one all, not enough. I didn't know about the not enough. 
but you know, definitely a draw. So I've got five points. I am absolutely safe. I am the tall key of the league with the Saturn of the league. Reese Williams also getting five points because he went one all as well. So who is the Dover of the league? Well, Liam Randall went for a 2-1 defeat and he is bottom. Ross Tim Edwards bottom. I'm the Kingsland. Come on. Tim Edwards <laughs> has cowardly survived like some sort of, I don't know, Steve Cleave-owned Kings Lynn. Or Swivelite Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking the other way. <laughs> uh, right, so as we all know, the forfeit was, well... The- Chester-based. Chester-based. So it was either... Or it was a combination of the two of wear it the, a Chester shirt to the next Wrexham game, so the first game of the season. That was not it. <laughs> and change your profile picture on Twitter, I'd imagine, to uh, you wearing a Chester shirt for, pff, I don't know how long. Uh, I'd say all season. I think it was all season. All season. <laughs> so um, yeah. I think... I think personally it should be wear a Chester shirt to the first game because I think there's more comedy comedy value in that. I I do not want you to buy a a Chester shirt, Liam. I refer you to to, hire one from some sort of comedy store or I don't know, where where would you get one? But I don't want you to give that club any money. Yeah, Chester would be the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's, it should it should be the first game of the season. You know, don't, we don't want to live our lives online, do we? Let's get out there in the real world. And that's no yeah. outerwear over the top of that shirt. That is the shirt. No jackets, no fucking, no dodgy sort of uh, snooker waist coasts to, to hide it. Absolutely. Well, on that note, actually, we've had an email, another email, which you can, don't forget, you can email us in a, a feelusindevotion at gmail.com. And Simon Cook has done just that, regular listener to the podcast. Hi, Simon. Um, he's congratulated us on the podcast and the fanzine. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Um, but he says, the reason I'm emailing is regarding the prediction league punishment. I know you've discussed wearing a Chester shirt. How about in addition to that, for the first home game of next season, get yourselves on the pitch at halftime for a game of red ass. I'm sure the punishment would be fitting. And if you can't get on the pitch, how about getting down to the training ground in preseason for the lads to smash the loser? Wow. Hang on. The lads are doing this. <laughs> the boys. So Jordan Davis can hit a sixpence from 20... 20- 25 yards my arsehole well Liam's arsehole actually would be just like a it would be the easiest thing in the world for him I would pay a lot of money to see Sean Pearson whack a football at Liam's arse to be fair <laughs> sorry were we talking about bumsies we are oh uh, yes but well when I was growing up this was known as bumsies of course um which is a little bit homoerotic I'm not sure whether that's going to be sanctioned by the club, to be honest, Simon, but we do welcome the suggestion. I mean, I mean, we can, we can ask him. There's, there's no harm in asking the press office, guys. Can we arrange a... a, a, can, we a, a game of, can we arrange a game of bumsies <laughs> on the halfway line in front of a packed crowd and maybe Robin, Robin Ryan participating? I'm sure. Please, go on, we'll drop you a free copy of issue one of FID. Go on. <laughs> It's, it's just what the new owner's going to want, isn't it? Surely. It's be great for the documentary, great publicity. Sean Harvey would love it, wouldn't he? <laughs> you, you are channeling the ghost of Stephanie Booth right now. <laughs> exactly the family-friendly image they want to uh, portray for the big screen. So there's no harm in asking Simon. We'll, we'll ask him, but I don't think it's going to happen. Can I just say on the Chester shirt, right? I'm asking listeners this show now, go back, 
listen to the episode where we decided the stipulation and check what it was because it was not to wear a Chester shirt to the first home game and get beaten up by other Wrexham fans. I can tell you that for free. The profile picture, fair enough, but I'll get my lawyers to review it and we'll get back to you. Lee, Liam, get off Twitter, get in the real world, for goodness sake. Come on. <laughs> it's, always, we, it's, always, it's always bumsies in Philadelphia. Come on. <laughs> well, okay. We've got plenty of time to decide this anyway, so it'll be Chester-related. We're, we're aiming towards first game of the season or maybe the, the test event that Humphrey uh, suggested was possible for July the 31st. Who knows? Um, one of those games will, will will arrange it. But thank you very much for listening. we got some great guests lined up over the next few weeks as well as part two of the Spencer Harris interview, of course. Um, but until then, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Cheers. Cheers, boy.